said that I could do a triathlon, except for the swimming and running part. But the truth is, I don't think I have what it takes to set a goal like that and follow through. I mean, think about it. You go for a nice 2.4 mile swim. Then for fun, you jump on your bike and ride it for 112 miles. Oh, and don't forget, you have to run a marathon before you can go home. You see what I mean? What possesses someone to do that? Not to mention that it's pretty costly to abuse yourself like that between equipment, coaches, doctors, physical therapy, and race fees. Triathlons require a pretty significant investment. So who does that and why? Let's find out. Welcome to Bicycles to the Rescue, the show that examines all the ways in which bicycles are a simple solution to the world's vexing problems. I'm your host, Brendan Poe, and hanging out with me in the studio is Kevin Ang, the Bicycles to the Rescue keeper of the truth and air traffic controller for my flights of fancy. What's the good word, Kevin? The good word is bikes. Some other good words are also that Bicycles to the Rescue is a dog on a bike media production and is generously underwritten by the Cyclecraft Cycling Center located on Route 46 in Parsippany, New Jersey and all around the world at cyclecraft.com. Thanks, Kevin. This episode about triathlon is really the story of our friend Francis Caggiano Swenson or Franimal to those in the know. Fran and her husband Jan decided at some point that they should be doing triathlons. We'll find out more about that in a bit. So a little bit about Fran's triathlon resume. She's done quite a bit of uh, eventing and a lot of it including long distance running and triathlons. She started with the running races though, the Disney half marathon in 2012, again in 2013. She did the Skyland sprint marathon uh, or sprint triathlon in 2013. Uh, she's done 11 standalone marathons since then, including uh, Grand, uh, Grand Maz in Duluth, Michigan. She's shaking her head yes. New York City, Bahamas, Marine Corps, Steamtown, Disney two more times. She likes that Mickey Mouse, I guess. And Brooklyn, running five times around Prospect Park. She's dipped her toe in some ultra running as well, having completed 250Ks at the New Jersey Trail Series one day at the fair, 2017 and 2018. And I know people that do that long distance running thing and uh, that's another one of those things where I shake my head and say, what the hell are you thinking? Uh, so triathlon slowly grew in uh, distance for Fran. In 2014, she did the bike run portion of a relay with a friend at the Princeton Half. And in 2015, she did her first 70.3 at Lake George, which is no joke. And she's done three other half Ironmen at Lake George again in 2016, Lake Placid 2017, and Atlantic City in 2019. And her full distance pierced a resistance to the Challenge Roth in Roth, Germany in 2018. That's pretty impressive, Fran. Thank you. So welcome. Hi. Hi, how's it going? It's going. All right. So uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about triathlon. But before we get to talking about that, I wanted to talk a little bit about you. Tell okay. me about yourself. So I'm from New Jersey. Uh, grew up here. Uh, my parents live, still live in the house I grew up in out in Hunterdon County, a little town called Highbridge. Uh, I think you mentioned my husband. We actually went to high school together. Did you? Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, we no, went to, of course you. Yeah, all right, yeah, cool. Yeah, we went to high school together. So uh, we've known each other for a while, although we never, ever, ever would have dated. Um, <laughs> ever, never. Um, uh, and let's hear. Uh, so athletically, since you've focused on athletics, uh, I started my athletic career fencing. Uh, and then when I became an adult um, and I just tried to stay in shape and I'll go into more on that uh, and how I got into triathlon. Um, professionally, I'm a consultant at KPMG, uh, you know, one of the big four firm. Um, 
And so I work a lot. Um, and right now I'm going to grad school to get uh, an MBA. Uh, so my life is pretty much schoolwork, uh, work, work. So, so let me get this, so, so let me get this straight. <laughs> I just want to review. So you train for triathlons yep. and you do marathons Yep. Uh, and you work for a, a big a KPMG's accounting firm. Yeah. It's a, it's big, a big consulting firm. Worldwide consulting firm. Yep. And, and you've been doing that for a while and you're going to school for your master's degree. That's right. I think this, you're what we call a classic underachiever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like to work hard. I think this might actually play into a little bit of, uh, of, of the mind of the person who actually talks themselves to do a triathlon. I, uh, I, when you asked me to do this, I actually thought about probably why I'm doing all these things. And I think it does speak to the type of person that does this kind of thing. Were, were you an athlete in high school also? I mean, you said fencing, but I yeah. mean, were you running track or anything like that? No, or? no. I actually, um, so it's just as far as my own athletic career. Um, I've been on this journey. And so I was a terrible, like, you know, sports with balls, like anything with soccer, basketball, terrible. It's awful. I'm the same way. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> like uh, the yeah, coordination to do a layup, forget it, forget it. Um, so um, my mom wanted me to get into sports and she did some research and in uh, eighth grade found fencing. And they told, and in high school, the public high school we went to, um, they actually offered fencing as a varsity sport. And so when I became a freshman, I started fencing and uh, got relatively competitive pretty quickly in it. So I fenced all through high school, all through college. Um, although I wasn't like really good on the fencing scene, um, my claim to fame is I quarterfinaled in the NCAAs. That was like my claim to fame. <laughs> and very quickly got out, knocked out after. <laughs> well, that's still pretty good though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but the, these women, uh, and still now, even now it's incredible. Uh, these are Olympic bound athletes. Like when you get to a certain level for fencing, I was not, and I am not an Olympic athlete. So it, at some point I got knocked out, but yeah, I, I fenced and that was kind of that athletic uh, bent. And then when I started working full time, I became kind of a gym rat. And, um, and I know you guys were curious, like how did Jan and I become found triathlon? So my husband and I in 2009, uh, if you, if you look at our life then was, uh, very inactive, very, um, unhealthy. Uh, I would come home from work and I would have an alcoholic drink and it would it contain at least two to three shots of something, <laughs> with a big sugary, juicy thing to go with it. And so the cup would be, you know, like a 32 ounce thing. And I might have two of those. Um, that's like a, that's like a big gulp with six shots of it was crazy. Kind of, wow, and okay. um, I was probably 10 pounds heavier. Uh, my husband maxed out at almost 310 pounds. Um, and now he's much smaller. And I think um, we just both are really struggling to be physically fit. And uh, Facebook came along and a friend of mine posted something about triathlon. I said to my husband, would you, what do you think? And he said, that sounds like fun and took me serious and bought a bike and kind of the rest is history. He got into it and we like to hang out together. So I got into it and here we are now. So what was the the goal that you set initially for that sort of first step into triathlon? Uh, initially, it was about like, I think back to 2013, it was like trying to 
have that experience, like feel good. Um, and so the goal, there was no real athletic goals initially. It was all about like learning about the sport, learning about, um, what it means like to swim. Um, the sprint distance triathlon is an 800 swim. And I think that swim took me like 27 minutes, which is incredibly slow. And I backstroke most of it. And when you talk to your average age grouper, that's normal. Like right. that, that's a normal thing. And so I, it, it was like not to panic, not to, and to just have fun initially. Right. So of the three, the three disciplines, which was the most difficult for you to get started with the swim, the swim, the that's swim what, is that I, from my experience with triathletes, that seems to be, unless you come specifically from a swimming background, that seems to be the hardest one for most people to get. Would you consider that to be true? Uh, I think, well, for me, it is 100%. Like I wasn't even taught as a kid how to swim. Okay. So, um, like some, like people who aren't swimmers and like maybe did some rec swimming as a kid, at least have basics. Right. I, I literally to get ready for that first triathlon took lessons with a friend and she had me in the pool with her 10 year olds in her 10 year old class. Right. And I was blowing your laugh. It was true. Blowing bubbles, kicking, learning how to swim. And, and that, and that's how it started for me. So yeah, that's, that's been the hardest one. And the one I've worked the most on, um, I started running. So he mentioned all Brendan mentioned all the running I've done right. that. That's how I started. Hmm. And then I actually really love cycling. I really like it a lot. It's a yeah. ton of fun. We love bicycles. I mean, you get to play, you get to like yesterday, I went for a 45, 45 mile ride and, um, it was just under three hours. So it wasn't like a breakneck pace, but we weren't dwaddling either. And, it's just, it's fun. Like you play with bikes with your friends. I mean, that's right. pretty much what you're doing. So right. which one's your favorite? You don't have to say cycling. <laughs> just because um, just the name of the podcast is Bicycles to the Rescue, you don't have to say that bicycle, bicycling is your favorite part. So um, road cycling is a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. um, but I love running in the trails. Like when you go out in the woods and you, you, and it doesn't matter how fast you're going, like there's something really peaceful about being in the woods by yourself dwaddling along a, a trail and I've done mountain biking and I'm not nearly as good as I am just on my two feet. Cause eventually when I go running on the trails, like it almost always, it just end up walking a little and it doesn't matter. And I really like that. So, so from the, from the time you guys are sitting on the couch, drinking your 32 ounce big gulp yeah. uh, adult beverages, I yeah. mean, did you say triathlon or you just said we're going to start running or how did, yeah, it, how did it, how did, how did we get to Ironman? So, um, so 2009, um, my husband had a pretty significant surgery and then, uh, 2010, he had a second surgery. And so, um, 2011, we were trying to get in shape and we were going to the gym a bunch. Um, he dropped a, he dropped a bunch of weight. Um, I, I, I sort of maintained, I never really like, I was about 10 pounds heavier than, than I am now, which you know, I'm not very big, um, but 10 pounds on my frame is enough to make like size difference and, you know, all that stuff for, for a woman. Um, but what happened was I said triathlon, he signed up for the Skyland Sprint in 2012. And in that journey of just getting in shape, buying a bike, learning how to swim, um, 
a friend of ours invited us to go watch Iron Man in um, 2011. And so we, he's like, and he's from high school. And again, all through Facebook, we can reconnected through these people all through Facebook. And he said to us, I have a house. Would you be interested? And we're like, sure. So we went up and I've never been, I've never been to Lake Placid up, up to that point. Um, and we had an amazing time. And I turned to Jan as we watched the finish that year. Um, for those who don't know with Ironman, it's seven, you've got 17 hours. So to finish these athletes say start at 7 AM, 17, 17 hours later, they're coming in before midnight. And so what people do is they come in to the finish line, 1130, quarter to 12 and the place is a party. It's like music is pumping. The DJ is just working the crowd. All right, now don't give us too much because we're going to be talking about okay, some of this I'll a stop. little bit later on. Yeah, we're, yeah, we, but that was the moment when we decided, <laughs> Jan turned to me and said, uh, I'm going to do this in two years. And sure enough, in 2013, he did it. So, so he, so he was the first to jump on the triathlon bandwagon. Uh, so, so, so triathlon. So I hate to say I hate to say the Ironman bandwagon because triathlon is all distances, right? You don't have to do an Ironman, but it you. But as far as embracing the culture and the sport, he's the he led the way, and then I kind of followed suit. Okay. So so what was the what was the plan that you laid out, and and you know putting aside you know they, and we can talk about you know Jan had his own separate journey on this it yeah, seems he like, did. Right? he was part of it yeah so so for your your journey towards that ultimate uh you know 2018 uh Roth yeah uh Germany so wh what was the what was the plan when did the plan start and and what was you know what was the plan you laid out for yourself for Roth or for in general well just in general I mean you started you know you started doing all these long distance running races and then somewhere along the way you picked Roth as the tri as the Iron Man that you wanted to do yeah you know? and along the way you had you know the the seventy point three yeah uh, at Placid in Lake George yeah. and so you decided somewhere along the way that you're going to pick that event and so so okay. take me through what was the plan for saying okay that's my goal here's how I'm going to get there. Uh, so, and the reason I'm asking to be specific is that each goal, and maybe this is my consultant coming out now, each goal had a different kind of plan because not every goal is the same. So therefore not every plan is the same. Mm -hmm. So when I did Skylands, for example, um, I actually downloaded online a free plan and I literally had the piece of paper, you know, like if you just like concretely, what did it look like? It was the piece of paper I have my notes for this <laughs> podcast on. And I literally crossed out each day on the calendar. And I would like one day would be a run. The next day would be a swim the next. And it would tell you the, the free plans and folks who are interested. You just Google these plans and they pop up, go swim X number of lengths, go run for half an hour. And then another day would be a brick, which is a bike and a run and, you know, bike for 30 minutes, run for 15. And so for that first one, that's what it looked like. I, I had my own, I downloaded the free plan. I crossed off each day. Um, and if things didn't go the way I planned, I would literally write on the piece of paper and draw to like the next day and like cross stuff out and I, just the kind of person I am. All right. So each of these, these little guideposts along the way or, or, or mini goals are, are, were these goals that you put together to build to that final goal? Or are you just, or you were just like, okay, I'm going for that one. And then you did that one and now I'm that's going a, and leapfrogging that's a to the next one. great follow-up question. So I realized reason I put 2014, um, the half Ironman, um, when I did it as a relay. So for me, swimming was the, 
roadblock. Do you want to do it again? No, 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 keep going. Right. <laughs> um, swimming was the roadblock, right? And so when I did the relay in 2014, um, like a light bulb turned on that there was something emotionally stopping me from doing the half iron distance. And when I experienced that race, um, and having done the bike and then the run. So I biked 56 miles and then I ran a half marathon and it hurt like hell. And it, uh, <laughs> and it took me forever. Right. It's not like I was fast. Um, I think, I think the bike was like three, 30, 345. And then the run was like an, a 230. So it wasn't like I was fast. I just, um, I just wanted to find like why it was stopping me. What was about the swim emotionally that made me stop? And so I, that's when I set the goal to do the half distance. And then when I did the half distance, um, I, it was a lot of work emotionally. And so then I started binging, uh, YouTube. I do a lot of YouTube. So, uh, Kevin asked me if Randy listened to podcasts. No, but I binge a ton of YouTube. So uh, uh, my YouTube binging, I found Roth and I became fascinated with it. Um, the idea of going to Germany, the idea of uh, that distance. Um, and again, just pushing the envelope of what's possible. When I started in 2013, I would tell, if you asked me then, I would say, you're crazy. I would never do that. That's just stupid. And then as I explored the emotional reason why I wasn't letting myself believe it's possible is when I decided to set the goal to do Roth. Okay. So now we've got a goal for Roth. We've got that on, on our, on our horizon. Right. And, and how many months did you have to prepare for that? It six months is what I trained. Like, so it was years in the making and it was six months of actual training. Right. So the actual training plan to get there. And, yeah. and so how did, you know, so at that point, did you have a tree where you working with a coach and you had a plan? Yeah, by then I got coaches. So, um, for, um, and it, and it was a series of coaches, right? So like I signed up with a coach for 2015. Um, I signed up with a different coach for, um, uh, for Roth and, um, the, and it was like a team of people that helped me. I had physical coaches, like, um, coaches that gave me the plan like, okay, this day swim this amount bike this amount. And then, uh, it would be a different, I had, um, a coach I worked with for weights. So, um, I did weightlifting. Um, so it was a whole separate coach. Um, and then, um, I read a bunch of like inspirational books. And so like, in some ways those were like, I was my own little coach okay, trying so to like get the mental right. part and you're going right. for it. You got your coaches all lined up, et cetera, et cetera. And now you're training. So how, how did the reality match up with your plan? Uh, it, well, of course, was it a plans are planning is essential, but plans are useless, whatever the, well, I think Mike Tyson puts it this way. Everybody has to plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, things happened, right? Like work happened or family happened. Uh, and I think that's just part of, part of what it was. It, it, it was the, I don't know, to me when stuff didn't go what I thought it would, whether it's like work. And when I say like work gotten away, literally for that six months, uh, Roth was the focus. It wasn't like, and I know my work suffered. I know it did. Um, thankfully I, I was 100% transparent with my office to let them know what was going on. So if I seemed spacey or distracted, they knew. Um, so yeah, I just adjusted the plan. I moved stuff around. I had a coach this time who helped me 
do that right. Um, I'd contact her and she would just move it around. Um, and uh, if I, if a workout itself didn't go right, um, I really tried to not, I mean, of course everyone dwells on it, right? Like if you guys are cycling and you're trying to like have some hard session or something and you stink or go flat or what, and I'm all that happens, right? Um, you just, you just have to chalk it up to that. That's what happened and you move on. Obstacles along the way are job. Job was, a, so I don't have children. And I think as a woman that that's something that I should say that, right? Like not for as other women who may be listening to this, like, I just want to acknowledge, I don't have children. That makes it easier. I just, I'll just flat out say it. And I think, um, even for men who do this, who have children, um, it's a family commitment. So 100% was behind me on this. Um, and if it wasn't for my husband, um, I think it would have been a, a lot harder to do this because uh, your hours, hours. Uh, I also, um, other, other things that people have asked me about, um, I am fortunate enough to make okay money. So I had someone clean the house I, um, we have someone who comes and cuts our lawn and, um, cause it, 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 and don't get me wrong, like things stopped all the other things that we wanted in our life, right? Like, um, we just renovated our kitchen and the reason we just did it was because we wanted to do it years ago, but I was too busy. We were both too busy training for stuff that you just don't get time to do it. So yeah, those job, life, family, all those things get in the way and, you have to work out what makes sense and what are the sacrifices you're willing to make. So, so you're going to law plan and I'm trying to get myself in your, in your head, you know, because I, because I, I, I would see on Instagram, you know, the 4.30 AM, you know, yeah. you and Jan on your bikes at 4.30 yeah, in the morning, yeah, sitting on a trainer for three and a half or four yeah. hours. And I'm like, oh my goodness. It's like, how does anybody even get yourself to do that? Yeah. So, so how do you keep yourself motivated over time? Um, so I wrote the why down. I wrote it down. And um, this who does Ironman, that distance, that, that full distance, you have to have a big why. Like, what's your why? And I was never, uh, I never shied away from how uh, internal my why was. Um, I think other people do this distance and they make it about something more than them, right? Like, I'm doing it for charity or I'm whatever, as long as you're clear about that why and repeat it to yourself and you're not gonna, you, you, you the, the 4.30 wake up, you'll just keep hitting snooze. And <laughs> like, it, it was never about, um, once it got to that point, it was not about weight loss. That wasn't what the goal was. And I think, um, cause I've had other, uh, people ask me that and it was not at that point, it wasn't about weight loss. It was about my own internal self-talk messaging, emotional state, that I was trying to fix. You gotta be, you gotta have that. Okay. <laughs> right. So, so you, you had mentioned, you know, managing the other obligations like, you know, work and stuff. I mean, um, you had mentioned some of that, but what were, what were some of the, I guess the, the biggest distractions for you from those other things that you could say were the biggest obstacles? So like what specifically? I'll paint a picture for you. So okay. when I um, was in the heart of the big builds for Roth, right. um, I literally was taking conference calls on the trainer in the basement of my house. Okay. So like 
you know, the time, the time limit specifically, like when you're a working professional and mm. expected to work a professional day, which is hours a day, mm. um, and then add on training, unless you do it for three, whatever in the morning, you, there's no other way. So I was sure. literally taking conference calls. I would have the, I, and Jan set up this whole neat like table thing. So I had like, I had the bike trainer. So imagine my TT, I'm right. on my bike trainer and I had a table about level of my rest so I can type emails. And then I had, I had the, the headphones right next to me so call. Uh, with me. So that was literally my setup. Um, and you know, if it, and if it was a really important call, like if, you know, if the boss called me or something, then I would actually stop pedaling. Okay. <laughs> but only if the boss, calls. only if the boss called. Oh, yeah. Okay. So how many, how many hours of training like per week were you putting in at that point? Uh, 15 to 20. Okay. And then on top of that, you've got another, what, 50 to 60 hours of work per week. Something like that. Yeah. It was, yeah. I would say like, Okay. So that's, yeah, that's a lot. That's a, it was yeah. a busy day. Yeah. Yeah. That's like owning a bike store. Kind <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of work. Yeah. So hey. what were, um, so some of those, so how long was that? So you said six months was the total sort of training process for, from beginning to end, like the official right? March to Roth. Yeah. So what were the, the milestones along the way that you used to sort of mark the progress you were getting to? So we planned a half mm. in the middle, um, my Roth is in early July, so um, it had to be May. And that was all like we planned that with my coach and everything. Mm. Um, and the half distance in May uh, was like a self-supported event. And so we just sort of gauged how did I feel? What was my times? Transitions didn't really matter. It was more just about like, can I do 50, you know, 1.2 swim, a 56 half marathon? And then we just did it all locally. Mm. The next two big milestones were the hour ride or the hundred, the century rides. And, um, when you do, uh, the, the last biggest milestone was a century ride followed by an hour run. Mm. And that was awful and yeah. it hurt. And, um, and Jan actually did that last one with me, uh, mm. not the run part. He waited for me yeah. <laughs> the century with me. And, uh, uh, the goal was to complete the century, uh, at six hours. And I think we were like six Oh 10 with a, or six ten with a, um, cause I flatted on that one. Um, so that was pretty quick. We were moving and then I had to go run. Um, so that, those were the other sort of big milestones in it. That that's gotta be tough. So, Y'all did the century and now everyone's back at the car and they're kicking back and cracking open chocolate milks and beers and stuff. You're like, I got an hour. Part. It was awful. And then, you know, it's the height of the day too. So it was like, I don't know, it was June. Uh, it was some, you know, height of the summer. I think it just was summer. It might've been summer, summer solstice that weekend. So imagine running for an hour after you just biked a hundred you know, it's what one o'clock in the afternoon. Right. I can't imagine. I can't imagine running for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I'm sorry. I can't imagine it. And every time I imagine it, it was hot. It, it prevents me from running in real yeah. life. It was supposed to say I wasn't very far either. It was like I think it ended up being like four-ish miles because I walked a bunch of it. And so yeah, those were the my those were I would say those were like the the half and then the two century rides I did. So that that last um, you know century ride and then the run how close to the event was that uh three weeks no four weeks four, four weeks. weeks so four that's weeks. so that was like the pretty much the the final stepping stone that's before, exactly right i think we had one more week of like 
<laughs> easy. So instead of yeah. riding your bike for a century, go ride your bike for like four hours. And right. <laughs> <laughs> so but was that that point more of a did you treat that more as a like a data point to build from? Or was that more of like a like a mental, emotional gut check for you to say to say like, OK, so I've done this, then I know I can do the next one. I know it was emotional. The whole thing was emotional. It was, at least for me, uh, knock on wood, knock on wood, um, I never really got hurt. Okay. So um, I never really felt pain. I never really had any tore, tear, stretch, strain. Uh, knock on wood, I didn't fall. Um, so it, uh, for me, it was emotional. It was all emotional. Okay, so just that, just to know I can do this much. Yeah. The next step won't be as hard as I think. Yeah, I can work, I can move my body for seven hours. Right. Okay. All right. So we're getting closer to the event now. Okay. It's coming up. The event is coming up. So we had talked about your goal event is this Roth triathlon right. in Germany. So how did, I mean, you... You saw it on YouTube, but yep. what about that event was like, oh, yeah, I've got to pack up my <laughs> fly to Germany for a week to go do this event. I mean, how did that, like, yeah. what, what was that all about? You're, uh, you're, you're on your way, and why did you decide to go to Germany? Um, so Ironman is not a small feat, uh, and, um, you know, Jan had done two at that point uh, when I signed up, um, and I don't know. I, I was like, oh, if I'm going to, it was kind of like, uh, if I'm going to spend this money and, uh, I'm going to have this great day, why not it be in a beautiful place like Europe? And, um, why not? And then, um, and then I happened to meet a woman, uh, I did, uh, I did an Olympic distance, uh, uh, triathlon getting ready for, uh, in 2017, getting ready for Lake Placid. And I met this woman on a preview ride. They hosted a preview ride, which was awesome. It was an area and she did it. She did Roth. And so I just asked her, I said, was it like everything I saw? And she said, and more so like, it was amazing. And so I, I just, I decided at that moment, like, that's what I'm going to do. Cool. Okay. So now we're on the plane. Yeah. We're on our way to Germany. Yeah, I have a picture somewhere. Yeah, was <laughs> the landing gear when we touched down. We got we got bike carriers. We got bags full of gear, and so we're on the event day. So so paint a picture for for us about the actual event. You know, the like the day before the day of the event. What have you guys ever done a European event? Uh, I've been to Europe, but I have never done an event there. So. Um, I knew, so look, I should say, I knew going into it, uh, European cyclists are a whole different breed. So you know what I'm talking they, about? They take it a little more seriously. Yeah, than but what I didn't know was how much of a party it is before and after. So um, everyone smokes in Germany, everyone. Uh, so it's kind of odd. Uh, so it's not uncommon to see athletes milling around with a beer and a cigarette the day before the event I was like, why not? You're in Germany, right? Um, so when we got there, I registered, I got set up. Um, the race vibe is pretty much a party. Race day was serious and surprised me. And uh, I was, and I'm, you know, there were only, there were 4,000 athletes and only 400 plus women. So I was one, one in 10 athlete as a woman. So like, 
I don't know, it's just, it, it's Europe and it's Germany, so everything's co-ed and I, I mean, just imagine that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I have no interest in that after 112 miles. Yeah, why are you American so uptight? Yeah, it is always a human body if you're going to a race. Yeah, I mean, without going blow by blow, I think I think the biggest thing surprised me was how serious it was gonna be on race day. And I, and I knew going into it, like, especially on the bike, um, that I had to like, I had to, I had to be aggressive too, or you'd get run over. And it, and that is absolutely true. I had no idea. So is the, um, the bike is that, so I know that's the second one. So is that like a, but you're just all together. Everyone's together. It's not like a staged sort oh, of Oh, well, I mean, so, um, the actual start was in waves, right? So imagine 4,000 athletes. Um, when I actually came out of the water, uh, there were still athletes waiting to start. Okay. So, um, so right. there were still people waiting to start. And um, so by the time I got on the bike course, it was pretty spread out. Yeah. Um, and especially on my second loop, because it was a two loop bike course, um, the second loop, I, I mean, now, now I'm truly in the back of the pack. It, it was very, I had plenty of room once I got on the second loop, the first loop, it was, I was getting passed by pros. It just, it just laughed I'm, by pros. Let me be clear. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm picturing you, like you coming out of the water and how many people are waiting to queue up to go in and go, you know, I don't really need to do this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hop in the taxi and leave. This is a dumb idea. Let's go get a beer. <laughs> <This is> stupid. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. So, so now you're, uh, you're out of the water, you're on the bike and, and, going through your mind now what are you thinking about while you're while you're cranking along on that bike ride um for me i'm incredibly proud so i know a lot of people who like do quotes um i did have a mantra uh, but i um in my mantra if you're wondering um in the swim i either do two things and i did this during the bike and the run um in the swim the two things i do is either count my strokes or i say be strong, be brave, be grateful, or I'm strong, I am brave, I am grateful. And um, it's like a, you know, hey, uh, you can do this, you can do this, calm down, you're okay. Um, be brave, uh, you know, don't be afraid, put your fear back, you know, fear's the mind killer, like whatever. And then be grateful, because not everyone gets to do this. And I get to do this, I get to have the luxury to do this, so. And on the bike, that's, it was either that mantra or I just, you know, don't hit the pothole, the hay bales when you're doing the hairpin turn down the mountain, like all that kind of so, stuff. So it's really, it's mostly, you're, you're focused on the technical details. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I would say the run, it got a little more, I think, I think because the bike tends to have so many other things that can go wrong, that um, is probably why I'm the most present. Um, and then the, the run is when it gets like, why am I doing this? A friend of mine captured video as I was coming off the bike onto the run. And I didn't even use words. I did not use words. And I, and I remember thinking like, oh, there's my, you know, there's my family, you know, like there's Jan, there's my friend. I'm like, oh, great. I get to see them. And um, I don't even remember. Use, I, I thought I said hi. I thought I said, you know, I thought I said words, but I didn't. And um, that's the, the run was brutal. The run, the run, it, it, it was all about um, why am I here? Just get me to the finish. Like it, it just, it, 
yeah. <laughs> so, so, had it, so how did it match up with what you had, you know, you originally had put in your mind, you know, you've got a vision uh, or you've painted a picture for yourself of how it's supposed to be. How is it matching up in reality? Um, so I'll answer the question with another question that someone asked me, because uh, that's what you just reminded me. So a friend of mine asked me, was it as hard as you thought it would be? And um, I will say, no, it wasn't. And um, because I planned for it. And I, I had a day of execution. Everything executed pretty much okay for me. I had a couple things go wrong, but I mean, it's 14 hours, like something's gonna happen, right? But for me, it was, I did everything I, I trained and uh, it worked out okay. Cool, that's a good outcome. So it was, uh, so you had, you had energy left over at the end? Uh, I was strong. I didn't hurt. <laughs> and that's why we call you for animals. <laughs> that's just, I was, I mean, I, you know, I, I ate food. Food tasted good at that point. <laughs> I had a beer. <laughs> All right. So what was your finishing time? How long did it take you? 14 hours. Just as a reminder, that's a, that's a two and a, two and a, two and a half mile swim, 112 mile bike. And a marathon. And a marathon. full marathon, yeah. In 14 hours and... 43 minutes. 43 so yeah, minutes. so the swim was a hundred, was an hour 29. The bike was 7.11. I was hoping to be under seven hours. Um, I really wanted to be under seven hours, but whatever. I had to stop a couple times and... Yeah, but you had, you had two hours and 20 minutes before you were cut off. So like you, you could have stopped, you know, a mile away from the finish and sat down. And <laughs> well, Germany Germany's interesting because um, they actually had a 15-hour cutoff. And so... Um, so now the second answer to your question about did it go the way it planned, did it? Um, so the thing that happened, the big thing that went wrong for me on the run, uh, the watch I'm actually wearing uh, ran out of juice. Uh, so I'm on mile three. I don't have my watch anymore. The the, the um, kilometers. So um, for me, I learned the conversion of miles to kilometers, right? Being a dumb American, I grew up with miles, not kilometers. Um, so I learned kilometers. I switched everything over to kilometer markers, right? So like, cause I, now I knew I had trained myself like one mile or a kilometer is, um, one point. It's no, point six. It, yeah. It's, it's the other way. It's, uh, uh a mile is 1.2 kilometer. Yeah. So it's the other way. So I, I learned all that. And then I, um, uh, when the watch ran out of juice, I uh, stuck to that. And then um, at the 30K mark, so, you know, a, a marathon 26.2 miles or 42.2, uh, right? 42 kilometers or, for, yeah, 42 kilometers. <laughs> for those of you who, who can't see this, she had to just look at her shirt. 42 kilometers. Um, so 12, 12K to go. I uh, Jan actually found me on the course and I was freaking out. Um, I made the mistake of asking um, someone what time of day it was. And I messed up how long I had. I thought I only had an hour. And even in my non having just swam 2.4 miles and biked 112 and then just ran 30K, if I was fresh legs, an hour would have been a lot. And so I freaked out. I thought I wasn't going to finish. And Jan found me dejected and like, beside myself and he actually started a timer on his watch and he said to me you have two hours what are you talking about and then and i remember it as clear as day i was i was walking with him i was like oh i have two hours and he said yeah and i'm like oh i got this <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just missed him 
<laughs> See you later. Bye. See you at the finish. Yeah, I got seven miles left or something like that. So I was like, I got this. And I, um, I mean, I still was in survival. It was still run walk. It wasn't okay. like I was going that fast. It's just. But now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now the pregnant question. It's four years. That's a four year journey. Yeah. Culminating on a day that is now you're 14 hours and 39 minutes into it. And there's the finish line. Yeah. So what's that like? I started crying. Uh, there's a, so Roth, you come in and um, they create a stadium. So it's, it's like several thousand people crammed in the stadium. And there's a sign over the entry that says you did it. And they have red carpet and uh, I started crying. Um, I'm pumping my fist. Uh, and as, and I had some random German guys clapping for me, you know, bravo, bravo. Uh, I, I run into the stadium uh, and then I stopped and looked around. Um, it is extremely overwhelming, extremely. Um, because you're alone <laughs> like i don't know i i mean i was in the back of the pack it wasn't like i was that fast so like you know the the pros and all the good athletes finished hours i mean you know they're showered and had you know dinner already like i'm See, I'm drinking beer and smoking cigarettes <laughs> saying, hey, good job <laughs> right and so like i don't know so it it when you walk in you, you it's overwhelming um i heard my husband after i passed him so the plan, the big American flag to, to hand to me and I gave it to them and I was like, okay, give it to me at the finish and I will run in with it. Well, I heard them, they were like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, uh, five feet behind me by the time I heard them. And I turn, I'm like, I'm not turning back. I like turn to them and I'm like, I'm not going backward. Like <laughs> it was forward. And I, so uh, the stadium had laser lights. It had cheerleaders in the middle. Reina. So I finished <laughs> on, it was like German disco, like everything you would imagine a German disco to be. Um, I crossed the finish line with my hands in the air. Um, and then somebody, I don't know who she was. Uh, there's a video of me and congratulations, you're it. And she handed me the met, she put the medal around me and she uh, gave me a huge hug. Uh, and, um, and then afterward, you know, you like, I was just dazed. Like I'm wan you wander, they, they, they corral you to an athlete tent and, more German random nakedness everywhere. And, <laughs> I, and it literally was like a dude sprawled out on a bench naked, just like hanging out there. Um, but they have showers and bathrooms. And so I grabbed my dry clothes and went and showered. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's Jane. <laughs> Remember, right. there's only 400 women. So like, like I, you know, I mean, I don't blame them. Like, you know, we can have a whole separate tent for women. Like, nah. You know, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely 100% about finishing within the time. I had 15 hours. I finished within 15 hours. The second the second goal was to beat Jan's time. So Jan's time, uh, I missed beating his time by 16 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> In a long day like that, 16 minutes can be anything. Right. It could be anything. Um, so that's kind of our running joke now is that I need to do another Ironman with him so I can beat him. Okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, 
uh, yeah, the, the, from a placing perspective, um, I gained a lot of ground in the run. Like if you, if you look at my stats, I was very consistent from the swim to the bike. It was the run I gained, I gained like 50 places or something. Uh, yeah, it was That's something solid. Yeah. So what was the, so you finished the race, you, I'm assuming you change your shower, you go back to the hotel. What was the immediate aftermath like? I had a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. I had a, I had a, I had a, um, they, so this journey start ends where it starts. <laughs> right. Start with a beer and right. a beer. Well, that's full circle. That's a wrap. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went from a 12. So I had a drink. Um, the other thing I had, I was eating, I had, a, um, the athlete tent had these like pret amazing uh, ham and cheese pretzel sandwich. That sounds good. It was really good uh, with mustard. Uh, so I basically, and that took me forever to eat though. Don't get me wrong. It was like, I don't know. It, Cause I've been, you, people are like, oh, are you hungry? It's like, no, you're eating all day. I was eating all day. Um, the, uh, so I was eating that. And then Jan and my good friend care and they, and it was like me and the two of them hanging out on a lobby, couch in the hotel and then they're like you can just see the athletes streaming in um and you asked aftermath there was this french guy uh because it like it was an international race right so this french guy who couldn't find his bike uh, and he was flipping out i, I yeah because because that's a twelve thousand yeah, dollar so they're so they're i i get it but like, it was the last thing I wanted at that moment. Like, all I kept thinking was like, who cares? You'll get it in the morning. <laughs> That's like, yeah. who cares? <laughs> You'll buy another one when you get home. What's the <laughs> well, I mean, they, um, part of what, again, I'm fortunate enough that I signed up for this like tour group that took care of all that for me. So I didn't have to collect my stuff. Um, they took care of all that. Um, they, uh, and your stuff will definitely be back to the hotel and by the morning. Yeah. And so they had like, um, two or 300 athletes they were taking care of that day. Mm. And so, so knowing that my stuff was getting picked up, knowing that someone else was handling my bike, I'm, I mean, literally I'm sitting there with the drink looking at this guy, like, why dude, go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> you want to get a beer. A thing, yeah. That's funny. So the, so the. So you do all that and then the morning pain, soreness, and discomfort. Yeah, I was I was tight. I mean, you know, I was my feet, I had a couple blisters. Uh, uh, we walked around Nuremberg the next day. So we're in Germany and basically we planned for our vacation to start after the race. And so um, and we were fortunate enough to have another week basically in Europe. And so the next day we we did a walking tour of Nuremberg and Jan will tell you, I was I was a very disappointed companion. The whole point was to have a gelato tour the next day and do every gelato stop in Nuremberg. And I made it one. I made it one stop. <laughs> <laughs> I <need> a nap. <laughs> That's kind of what happened. Well, I was going to say, it was like going to Disney. Like he has to push you around in a stroller. Mm. <laughs> That's funny. So then you, so you did your, you had your wonderful European vacation after that. Sounds lovely. It was, it was, we went to Prague, we went to Salzburg. That sounds uh, And it probably took about for me to uh, be able to like uh, squat down, to be able to like walk without some soreness, stuff okay. like that. Got it. All right. So then uh, after that was over and your vacation was over and you came home, did you immediately start planning the next thing or did you want to take some time off? So I needed to focus on other stuff. Like my life was off kilter. Mm -hmm. uh, it was very focused on Roth, 
Yeah. And so um, when I blogged about it, when I wrote down my experience, I even said I need to return balance back to my life. And um, so I focused on my work mm. and where I needed to be professionally. So are you still in that stage now? You're what year? This is about what year and a half out. It were a year and a half. It was two years ago now. Okay. So um, I'm do I'm going to grad school. Um, I'm still training. Um, 2020 is a weird year. Of course. And uh, everything got canceled. Everything I signed up for. Um, I, I had a couple Olympic distances I was going to do. Uh, 2018 was about showing I can. Mm-hmm proving to myself that I'm able 2019 and this year was supposed to be this year was supposed to be, I'm, I, I'm competitive. I can, um, so again, emotionally, am I able to compete with these other women who've Mm -hmm. been, who are like super fast or, you know, like I, I am good. Let me, you know, and I, I have podium races. Um, all depends on who shows up, (laughs) just like any race. So, so for, and how are you staying, staying in that mode, even though everything is canceled and the the world is turned upside down in these, in these recent months? Um, so I actually thought about, like, I have a coach now, I have a different coach. Um, I don't know. I think the, I like the, I like getting the training peaks email. I Mm. like the checking off the list. I, I I like the accomplishment. Um, so that's one, two, um, Lake Placid, Mm -hmm. Lake Placid weekend. And I realized as we were walking through the woods, I really like the physical capability I've given myself. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like, like I like to be able to do a really long hike and I mean, who, who, not everyone can hike nine miles. Sure. So the the athletic lifestyle is now a, it's a lifestyle. It's not just a, cause I know people that I had a guy that wanted to say he bought cause you know, he, he was one of those super motivated, like he's an achiever and someone said, you have to do a triathlon. He went out he bought, he had lots of money. He bought the gear, he did the training, he did an Ironman and then he stuck and he just quit and moved on to some new thing. Yeah. I don't, I, I hope to be old and gray, well, still gray now, but old, old and whatever that is old and be able to do this stuff. You know, I have really good friends, Karen, you guys know Karen, uh, 60 plus and comes and plays with me. And I mean, that's really motivational to see a, someone who's several years older than me, um, could be my mother theoretically and playing, you know, with me. And I, I don't know, I find that really like, so what is the motivation? I think it's just a lifestyle. It's, right. it's healthier. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's fun to be able to do that stuff. Right. As, as someone who has admittedly let myself slip a little bit this year, I, yeah, I would say that, uh, I missed the shape I was in say a year ago, a year and a half ago. Oh, and don't get me wrong. Like, uh, just like everyone I've put, pu- I packed on pounds, like, um, but you know, um, and, you know, I don't look as good in spandex. I mean, no one does, but you know what I mean, right? Hey, hey, I, I look great in spandex. <laughs> no one looks good in spandex. But, like, I think, I just think it's, um, you know, I'm I'm for the long I I like the fact that we can do these things. I like mm-hmm. that I went for a 45-mile bike ride. And even saying 45 miles, which is not 100, is a lot to people. Sure, of course. It's a it's an awful lot. Right. So. Right. And, and what would be, I guess, my my last question, and I think a lot of people who would be listening to this may be on the cusp of 
maybe starting a journey themselves, uh, what would be a piece of advice you would give them at that beginning, taking the first step into that? Journey? That wasn't on your list. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, uh, first thing that just popped in my head was be patient. Be patient with yourself. Mm. Um, you know, you shared, you shared with me, you're trying to swim, learn how mm. to swim. And so I think it's be patient. Um, like you're not going to be good and it's okay. Who mm. cares? Yeah. Right. Started. I felt this pressure to be good. Mm. Um, even bike handling. And I still stink now. Um, not at the caliber you guys are, but like. You're probably better than you think. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So you, you can go ahead and reach around and knock that wood again, but. You haven't crashed. Yeah, that's right. Knock on wood. That's right. right. So, that's, so your technical skills are, are probably not as bad as you might envision them. Um, and, you know, I think I think it's like being patient that, you know, it's going to take time, especially especially if you are drinking 32 ounces of three shots each of like you don't go from zero. And I know there's 5K couch to 5K plans and Iron Man, the brand has a habit of saying anything is possible. Uh, and really pushing people to do the distance. And I, I don't know, I just don't think you have to a distance. Like you can just be patient with yourself and when you're ready, do it. It's a big commitment. It's not a small, it's not a small thing. And so um, the only other really big piece of advice I'd give people, especially if you set Ironman that distance, the full distance as your goal, because you don't have to do that distance. Like that's not the only part of triathlon. Um, but if you set that as your goal, get your family and friends involved. Like they committed to the goal because if they're not, your life will be miserable. Mm. Uh, you just, it will not be as much fun. It will be harder. Uh, and if your family and friends are in on the goal, uh, you'll just have that much better of an experience. And I think I'm lucky in that regard. I've always wondered how many triathletes wind up getting divorced either along the way or at the, like right after the it's over. The fights you see, <laughs> oh my God, it's a real yeah. thing. And I, it, it, it's crazy, right? Because I, you know, there are people that, you know, if you're, if you're clocking in 20 hours a week training, yeah. you know, that means that you're, you know, you're, you're training every day for at least an hour and a half to two hours. That's 20 fewer hours per week. You get to do pretty much anything right. else. So yeah. if you got to bring kids to school or you oh, have to that, do yeah. laundry or mow the lawn or any of that stuff, you know, and, and you have a spouse that's shouldering the burden for any of that stuff, I, I would imagine that's pretty stressful. Yeah, you're, you're talking at least in the weekends usually is when all that stuff piles up. And I mean, the kids, what are all the kids activities? The weekend, right? And so like you just, you have to have your family involved and in on the goal and, um, and and they're bought into it. And if they're not, you have to figure out a way or find some way to be committed together. All good advice. Well, that wraps up the story of how regular Fran became Iron Fran. We hope that you may have found Fran's story motivational on your path to the bike life. Thanks, Fran, for spending some time with us. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you'd like to comment on or question anything you heard on Bicycles to the Rescue, drop me a line at brendan at cyclecraft.com. That's B-R-E-N-D-A-N at cyclecraft.com. Kevin, go ahead and wrap this up for us. Bicycles to the Rescue is a dog and a bike media production written and produced by Brendan Poe and Kevin Eng and is sponsored by the Cyclecraft Cycling Center located on Route 46 in Parsippany, New Jersey and around the world at cyclecraft.com. 
So long, everybody. See you next time.